This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. It is Readers Entertainment Radio, and this is Patricia W. Fisher here to talk to you about fab- with fabulous authors about their incredible books. It is February 13th. I can't believe it's already halfway through the month of February, and tomorrow's Valentine's Day. And, you know, we don't always um, know exactly what to do on Valentine's Day, even people who have fabulous, wonderful uh you know, social lives or what have you. But, you know, find something that makes you happy. Find something that, you know, makes you uh, makes you smile and everything else before – sorry, I had to change phones because the other was beeping. Um, so it makes you smile and laugh. And, you know, one of the things that always, always makes me laugh is a really good book. Um, and I have found a lovely author to talk with us today about her fabulous new releases as well as her – saucy books that you should probably just be one-clicking right now onto your e-readers. Um, so USA Today best-selling author Naya Simone, or Naya Simone, lover of romance, was first stirred by Joanna Lindsay, Sandra Brown, and Nora Roberts. Well, um, she was only 18 when she made her first attempt at a romance novel starring the lead singer of New Edition, Ralph Trev. Uh, Tre- Ah, sorry, Tresvant, um, but it never saw the light of day. But her love of romance, reading, and writing has endured, and in, since 2009, she spends her days and nights writing sizzling romances with a touch of humor and snark. She is the wife to Superman, or his non-Kryptonian, less bulletproof equivalent, and the mother of the most amazing kids ever, and they all live in sometimes domestically challenged bliss in the southern U.S. So welcome to the show today, my dear. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now, tell me the correct way to pronounce your first name. It's Naima. Naima, thank you. Because yes, I, yes. so I was doing my homework, and I found a very sweet little video of you and your first book sale, like you announced it at work, and somebody had said your name, and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's how you say her name. But I wanted to make sure. Um, that that was the that was the proper way to say it. So Naima, yes. there we go. Yes, I am writing Naima. it phonetically my is in my notes. Uh, oh, I do that all the time. I did when I used to. <laughs> I worked um, at the bank, and any time that we went to like training conferences, I would spell my name out, and then I would spell it phonetically under it, so people could see how it's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, when growing it's... up with my name, you kind of answer to everything. <laughs> So where did you, now did your mom or your dad pick out your your first name? Oh, my father. He is a John Coltrane fanatic. You know, well he's a oh. John Coltrane okay. is his favorite saxophonist, and John yes. Coltrane has a song called Naima. And because yes. my mother has always said, if it was up to us, because I have a twin sister and her name is Nefertari. So yeah, you see how that went in childhood. So oh, she yeah. said, if it was up to her, our names would have been Sally and Sue. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it has a nice, a nice, you know, rhythm to it. The 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 names have a beautiful rhythm, so I, I get it. Right. You know, you're capturing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Mm. So you talk, you talk about. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I go said ahead, we dear. Were the only the ever two, only 
ever two Naima and Nefertari's in class, ever. So. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it's interesting you say that because there were, you know, first name is Patricia, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, born in 67, that's, you know, probably a pretty typical name. I would rarely right. find anybody with Patricia. Really? Although, yeah, rarely, which I thought was wow. weird. Yeah, um, that is weird. But now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, I don't think I had a Patricia in my class. And that, yeah, right? <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. well. But see, no. you know, <laughs> it's, it's like the whole, yeah, it uh, it just goes in phases. Right. Because now, as soon as we get off the phone, I'm going to be thinking about, okay, who the what? My aunt, well, we we talk, called her Tricia, but um, my aunt's name was Patricia. But now, when I get off the phone, I'm going to be thinking of like everybody. Do I know Patricia? <laughs> right. Hmm. This is weird. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's interesting too because we named our oldest Emma, and I had to have that name forever. Um, but she was born about two years after Emma on um, on Friends was named. Like they named their oh, baby Emma. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everybody just you named her right. after Emma, Rachel. <laughs> Emma. Yeah. So now like, there's like no, no, all no, no, these no. Emmas. I've had this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Lots and, and lots all. of them. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's very interesting to to see how it all plays out in the phases that that uh, names go through. You know what's um, right, but yeah, I think it all works out. So everyone gets their own unique uniqueness out of it. But so you're growing up, and you're you were a big reader growing up. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. My my mother used to read to both uh, my sister and I from like before we could ever you know ever read. She would read like the fairy tales, and soon as we got old enough, you know, we were nerds. So that's what we sure. did. You know, we read. Yeah. So I mean, if, if we were kids that instead of going to the mall, we wanted to go to the used bookstore where we could just stay for hours. And my father loved it. Because at the mall mm-hmm. he would have to spend a quarter fifty dollars. At the used bookstore he only had to spend ten. So he was, right? he was like, "Yes, let's do this." But yeah, well, always have yeah. both of us have always been big readers. I know that um, you know my grandmother was a big reader, so she always had books laying around. Um, she loved biographies and all sorts of stuff. But I right. the, the coveted library card, you know, where you got to go every week and oh. fill your whole book your bag. A book. Yeah. Yeah. That was Those awesome. Were the days. They were. I found my, my favorite stories that I tried to pass on to my daughter, and she called on to some of them, like the, the Babysitter's Club, you know. She she called mm-hmm. on to that. I tried to get her interested in, like, Miss Piggly Wiggly, Piggle Wiggle, and all of that. She was like, no, that's okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll try. What about Narnia, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? That's like my favorite. It's all right. I was like, wait, wait, yeah. whose child are you that the line of which the wardrobe is just all right? Like, this is the best <laughs> book ever written. Yeah, she like, like come on now. Son like Harry Potter. I was like, I, but now she's reading romance. And so we're so, mm-hmm. we're just bonding, you know, it's because she's loving romance books. But she reads romance. She loves romance books where people die at the end. And so that we're not agreeing no. on. Right. 
she's she's <laughs> liking the love stories. The she likes the love stories yes. there. So, yeah. Yeah. I know those are hard. Not a happily ever after. <laughs> not. That's right. It does not count. Everybody must. It does lose. not. That's right. We all know that someday they'll go on, but today not so much. We don't have to read about that. Right. Right. By the no. time we we don't really think about that, right? We we want everybody to be alive and healthy and kissing at the end. We don't want anybody dead. But she likes That's right. them. But yeah, so but we bond over that now. <laughs> well, it's funny because my um my second daughter, she has dyslexia and so she's always been really frustrated with reading and so I would get her all these different types of stories and try and help her and we I found a fourth or fifth grade reader of the complete works of Shakespeare and I thought yeah it's a and I found it through Groupon of all places and yeah and it was 25 bucks or something it's usually like a hundred so whoa so yeah (laughs) yeah so I snagged too because uh, I was sure I would give it to someone, and I did. Um, but it was funny because she had heard, you know, everyone always talks about Romeo and Juliet and, you know, when they right. talk about romance and blah, blah, blah. And she wanted to read it. And she was in fifth grade, and she got halfway through the book, and she came back and handed it back to me and said, oh. these kids need therapy. I don't want to read anymore. <laughs> I said, I like okay. <laughs> yeah. I said, well, maybe read something else. Um, right. So right. I gave her Taming of the Shrew, which I said, now understand right. that they're not real nice to each other in this one. So, but, you know, nobody dies. So. Right. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> then she asked me to read Hamlet, and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, you know, we get to the. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then she gets to the end, and she looks at me, and she's like, and everybody dies? <laughs> uh, honey, I'm sorry. better than Romeo and Juliet. I get her. I do. She still does. My, my she daughter still does. read it. And, um, yeah. They had to read it in school, and, and you know, they watched them. They were, um, they read it in school, and she was reading it, and, and she came in the kitchen when you told me that, okay, this is what we're starting. I said, well, you should love it because everybody died. Both of them dies at the end. You know, that's your thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, man, they don't die. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Oops, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, um, I, I, it's for you though. That's your thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh my. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see um what they gravitate towards and and so she right. knows my my second one knows she's going to have to read this next year for school. She's not excited about it. Um she they also have to read Lord of the Flies, which is like Oh, I yeah. So. Do you really? Oh, I did not like I it. Did. I just I wow. you know what I did like of Mice and Men, but I love because I, I loved Lord of the Flies. I did. It was, I don't know, I might have been going through a phase, but I did. <laughs> and then the movie came out, and oh, I loved it. It was so funny. Well, you heard, you heard this, these two screenwriters, or producers in Hollywood, or I don't know who they are, they're talking about doing Lord of the Flies 
all women. And I thought, well, that's the dumbest idea ever because everyone's going to go, well, I don't like you very much, but we all want off the silence. So let's all work together and get out. And it's like it'll be a 15-minute movie. Uh, And it's over. It's over. Because women would have seen the point of, listen, let's work together. Let's get off this island. But when we get back to the mainland, oh, it's on. (laughs) Yeah, all bets are off. (laughs) We'll just put that on pause. That's right. (laughs) It's like. Hold that thought. Right. It's like the the housewives of whatever show, you know, whatever oh town God, you want yes. to pick Don't on. And, reality TV. Right. And pause and then we'll get back to it when we get back over there. So we're all good. Oh right. So <laughs> they're gonna to get together for for a charity, for a cause. They're gonna to get together, they're gonna to, they're gonna bring it, you know, carry it off. They might, you know, do some flip some, you know, side eye and some shots in there while they're carrying it off, but they're gonna get the job done. But after the charity right. is over, it's going to go down. <laughs> but we know how to do it. We should write this. <laughs> oh, my God. Those screenwriters just need to call us. Yeah, I know. They do. But, uh, you know, what's fun is, is looking through your, your book catalog. I mean, because you have your newest release, just Blamed on the Billionaire. Yeah. And that's your third book with Harlequin. So you have The Billionaire's Bargain, Black Tie Billionaire, and now Blame It on Mm -hmm. the Billionaire. And two books uh, for Desire. And then the third book's for Desire, they just redid the cover, right? They redid the design? Um, Yes, they did. uh, Harlequin just redid the the look of all their series lines. Right. And they revamped. Them and they're they're gorgeous. I mean, if you go out on their site and they just give you a preview of what all the lines look like now, and you get, I mean, I've I mean I've loved Carlson covers before, but now because they have like the instead of the bars across the top, you have more of the picture and more of the couple. It, it just seems like a little more glamorous and just just polished. I, I really love it. It does. Yeah. It's so it's. I'm excited to have one of the first covers of the, the new the new look. They're beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. And, you know, I, I mentioned this before with other authors who've been on, but, you know, anyone listening, you there's always this preconceived notion about how much control writers have for their stories, which is why there's always the discussion right. between indie versus traditional publishing. And, right. you know, a big house like Harlequin, they have a, a formula um, but you right. you do get to fill out a form to say what your book's about, so the cover artist can get a, get an idea. Was this right. the first, um, the one that you have now, the cover for Blame It on the Billionaire? Was this sh- the first mock-up they gave you, or was there any tweaking going on, or how did you how did you come to this? Like, because it's a beautiful cover. Well. <laughs> I like uh, one of like you said one of the misconceptions is like as far as like covers with traditional publishing that we have like a lot of control and we don't, we really don't we have some input <laughs> you know like you said like I fill out the art form sheet you know like I did I did it for Harlequin and I I did it for Entangled and you know so you have input you get to tell what your your characters look like you know you get certain scenes that you might want to see that that the cover reflects um the mood of those scenes you know even put like a short synopsis so the artist can 
read what the book basically is about, just to capture, like, the mood of it. <laughs> but then, like, when you hit the cover, for most of the time, it's like, oh, this is it. This is, but sometimes it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> it's like the, the marketing department is really in charge of that. So you can say, well, could we tweak maybe the hair color or could we tweak? And they might, but it's not guaranteed they will, you know. Right. <laughs> so far I've been really, right. I've been really blessed with great covers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've like, had some amazing covers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been really, really blessed with great covers. And even like with Entangled, with Entangled Publishing, like if I get a mock-up, and I'm like, mm, I'm not really feeling that at all. You know, they yeah. would, they, um, they would like, okay, well, what don't you like? And then they'll work with me. I think Harlequin's a little more like rigid in that, you know, as far sure. as okay, we hear you, but see, this is what we're gonna go with because you know. And I'm like, all right then. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, like I well, said, I think too. So far, I've pretty much like loved them. Right. Well, I think too. They. I mean, they they get pretty close to the mark. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've rarely yeah. seen or heard from too many friends that say this cover's terrible, you know? Um, yeah. Because they, yeah. you know, they, they are reading the cover, the, the artist sheet and saying what you filled out and said that. So, I mean, but they are right. putting out a lot of covers every month. Right. And, 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 and because of that, because they, they have like, you know, so many lines in there, they're releasing like six books. I know and desire alone a month. It it wouldn't be mm-hmm. feasible for if you like. Okay, I don't really like that. Can you change that? That mm-hmm. they really can do it. Like they know what sells for that line. And so mm-hmm. while it might not, while the hero might not have the hair color or look exactly like how you pictured your hero, they're like, this is what's going to sell. And then you just have to trust the process. I've never had a cover yet. I mean, because I well, I've only I only have four well, three books with them, four in May, and I've seen the cover that I'm like, yeah, that's I, I don't like it at all. I haven't had that yet, so I've been really, really blessed with mine because when I, especially the for Black Tie Billionaire, I've little, when, when I was filling out the art form sheet because I have um, a Chinese-American um, hero and an African-American heroine, and I was a little nervous because I'm like, I haven't seen a great stock photo out there for either, and the two of them together, I just hadn't seen mm-hmm. much, and the ones that I have seen just are not good. So I was a little nervous. Right. But when I saw the cover, I was in Books A Million. I opened up the email. I saw the cover. I literally screamed. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it was gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I did, oh, I loved it. I called everybody. I was like, oh, my God, my see the cover. <laughs> it was, oh, I know the, the, yeah. the barista, he was like, well, Vinny, because I, I write there so much, I know him. He was like, what is going on? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah. And what's so funny is, you know, funny, it's, they really hit the mark. Well, and it's funny because, you know, things like that, that that you and I get so excited about. Check out my cover. And, oh, my gosh, it's so exciting. And even your friends and family that are that are happy for you, they're like, oh, yeah, that's great. And you're like, that's nice. no, you don't understand. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. I called my father as my daddy. 
wait till you see this cover. And he was like, oh, that's nice, Naima. I was like, nice? But wait, no, wait, wait, let me text it to you. Hold on, because you, you're not getting nice. There's nothing nice about this. So I texted <laughs> to him. Then, you know, since he's old, he, I had to wait for him to, he, well, actually, I couldn't. He doesn't know how to hit speaker, look at the text, and we can talk about it. Let me, he's like, let me call you back. I'm like, but you don't need to call me back to look at the text. Let me call you back. So, like, <laughs> ten minutes later, he finally called. Oh, yeah, that's nice. What do you mean, nice? <laughs> So I, I, I've learned not to get my feelings hurt over their lack of enthusiasm. Right, right. <laughs> well, and it's it, my dad for my very first cover. Um, it it was a a romantic comedy, and the the heroine is is a plus size girl, and so the original cover love, was very love, love. sweet. I it was very sweet, but um, she, there was no way this girl was plus size. So I I, I said, you know. Yeah. Can we find somebody that's not a rail? And um, the cover artist came up with a really sweet cover, but she's like, I, this is the best one. I, this is the only one I could find. And I thought, well, that's okay. Um, that's yeah. just sad that sad. you have so little yeah. to pull from. This was, what, 2012. Right. Um, and so, uh, but it was a cover, and they're sitting next to each other, um, and he's kind of tilted towards her. And I asked my dad, what do you think um, about the cover? And he's like, it looks like he's trying to put his hand up her dress. (laughs) I said, yes, dad, it's a romantic comedy. Of course he's trying to put his hand up her dress. That's why she's sitting there because she wants that to happen. So it's just, you know, he was just like, I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Fair. <laughs> okay, moving along. <laughs> right, moving along. Thanks, Dad. So, um anyway, so you so you've you've done all this reading and and mm-hmm. you what is the catalyst one day that you say, "You know what? I think I want to write one of these books." What was your catalyst? After you wrote your first novel and it never saw the light of day, but what right. What right. about and, and that stuck have. with you? Yes, but it's, I bet it's a super sweet story. <laughs> <laughs> I made out with Ralph Tresden at the, I know I lost my virginity to Ralph Tresden at the drive-in in that first hey. book. I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all my first books, I was the heroine because they all starred, like, Ralph Tresvert from New Edition, Donnie Wahlberg from, you know, New Kids on the Block. So the, I was sure. always the heroine. So yeah. Of course. But I, of course. I think um, the transition was that I just wanted to, to read books that I wanted. I just wanted to, like, write a book that I wanted to read. And okay. I don't even know what gave me, like, the the guts, like, the, the very first, I was in college, actually, um, when I started writing what ended up many years later being the first book that I sold, you know. Um, okay. And it, it didn't star me, and it didn't star a rock star or a pop or a, boy, a member of a boy <laughs> band. <laughs> okay. Which that, that, was the, that was the cue that it was a serious work. <laughs> there you go. And... 
I just like dreamed of maybe one day it being published. I I don't even think at that point I was like this could actually happen because mm-hmm. and for me I just didn't believe that it could actually happen. But I hoped I dreamed that one day it would. But so I just started writing in college. I wrote that. I just started writing that book, and I remember um, a few years later um, I had my my son and. On maternity leave, I revamped it, and I and I went home to New Jersey, and I and um, I was having dinner with my father. We went out to one of our favorite restaurants, and I just admitted to him. I had the only person I had admitted to that I was writing a book was my husband, and mm-hmm. I admitted to him over a seafood combination plate <laughs> that okay. I was writing a book, and he just shocked me because. His motto always when we were younger was we have scholars in this family, not entertainers, which was fair because our dream was being the female version of New Kids on the Block. So I, I got it. But, you know, mm-hmm. in the choreographer. <laughs> so, so I was kind of like afraid to tell him. But, yeah, he was like, okay, so have you joined any writing organizations? So what are you doing? Have you, have you got, you know, have you got a copyright for it? How many hours are you putting in? And he just shocked me. He really, really supported me. And he was started oh. making. He was the one who started making me think about it professionally. And I was about, I know, mean, about twenty four then. And um, okay, that's how I transitioned from it being just like a dream and being fanfic to actually maybe pursuing it. And this could actually happen. He was actually the catalyst for that. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, and he's um, still one of it, my, my biggest supporters, even though his reactions to my covers might be a little lackluster. He still is one of my <laughs> biggest supporters. And so you've written, you sold your first, your first book when? 2009. Well, okay. that's 2000, yeah, 2009. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you sold that first book, and then it's like, wow, and now you're over 20 books now. Yeah, who would have thought? Because I yeah. remember panicking at writing that second book. I this is I never would have thought it would be over twenty books, right? Ever. And, and then I looked. Did at, you? Um, some, they're over fifty. Did, <laughs> yeah, or like you know Nora Roberts who who has what, over yes. two hundred. Good God! Um, and I'm happy with my. And I think that's just though. the Nora Roberts side. I don't even think that includes the JD Robb stuff. Right, right. So that's the yeah. goal. That's the life goal. Yeah. I mean, she's got she's got her routine. It works. I mean, I think that's part of what everybody aspires to do um, is to have the routine. You know, like every day I know oh, I absolutely. write from this time to this time. Um, and I don't <laughs> – and the beauty of – and I never get interrupted, which never happens. But um, Ever. Yeah. No, no, it just no never happens. No, never happens. Right, right. I forgot, Mom. Can you bring, Mom? Is, oh my um, God! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. One of those. I, have, I get those calls I, all the time. <laughs> uh huh. I talked. I got the. I had the great fortune to talk to Brenda Novak. I had her. Let us. There, talked to her for like an hour multiple years ago and she was so nice because she talked about working from home 
And the reason that she started working from home was because she she worked she was like a vice president of a bank, and they had five kids. And she came home early one day or something, and she realized the babysitter was giving her kids cough medicine to make them sleep. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. I know it's a little stressful. I'd probably ended up in jail. <laughs> yeah, I would have definitely Lord. ended up in jail. And. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, oh, well, this isn't going to happen ever again. So she's, right. she decided to stay home, and she started writing, and, of course, she sold a gazillion books as well. And, yeah. But she said her mom still will call her in the middle of the day and say, what are you doing? She goes, well, I'm working. She's like, but you're home. <laughs> she's like, I know, <laughs> but I'm working. <laughs> so, Yeah. I it's, get that. I yeah. still get that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, my sister's yeah. a teacher, and um, she'll just call me. She'll just call me on her way home, and I'm still working at that point, you know, because I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still writing at about 3-something after she gets off. But she'll, she never fails. She calls me, hey, what you doing? I'm working on <laughs> writing. No, for real, what you doing? I'm like, no, really, I'm working. <laughs> Seriously, I work. I promise. I think that's the big transition for me mentally was, you know, they, my husband and my kids, they were like, what are you doing while I'm writing? And until I started using the word I'm working, yes, I don't think I took it as seriously either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Especially when I first came off the nine to five and started working from home because um, I've been writing all along, you know, even though I worked a full-time job and, and I was still writing, but the full-time job was the job, you know, and mm-hmm. writing was, it wasn't a hobby because I was being published, but it still wasn't the job. But when right. I came home and now this is all that I do, this this is it. There is no, no mm-hmm. outer office. There's, you know, it, it did. It took a minute for, it's a transition in my own mind. And so I guess that's why it took a minute for it to transition in other people too. You know, oh, so for sure. I, I totally get that. Yeah. And so now you're, you're writing like, now you're going to be one of those people who are like, Oh, and then Naima, she wrote a gazillion books. Um, so you've got, that you're 20. <laughs> yes. That you've got, so you've got blame it on the billionaire right now. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about this story. Well, it's the third book in the Blackout Billionaire series from Harlequin Desire, and every book begins in a blackout. They're at this Chicago okay. high society social event in the season, and a blackout just plummets Chicago into darkness. And every couple okay. meets in this mansion in this blackout. So my hero is Grayson Chandler. He's like American royalty, and he needs to voluptuous, curvy, size 16, beautiful heroine, because that's what she is, who owns her curves. And, and, you know, of course, sexy shenanigans happen. But in the next, like, couple of days later, he walks into work, and he realizes she works for him. She never – she's had this crush on him forever. She's a transplant from the South, and she's actually worked for him for a year. He's never noticed her. And because they work in totally different departments because he's the president of the company and she didn't really expect him to, to, like, you know, run into him or for him to notice her. 
but he does. Sure. And at the same time, his mother is pressuring him to leave his own company and return to the family fold, and his vindictive ex is like wants to become a not-so-ex. And so he convinces right. the heroine, Nadia Jordan, to enter into like this fake relationship with him to pretend to be his fiance. And so she agrees, but for selfless reasons, because she wouldn't be a great heroine if it wasn't selfless reasons. And so they begin sure. this fake relationship, which, of course, doesn't end up fake. You know, of course, they fall for each other. And it's, I, I, I hate to say this, but I really love this story because it sounds so, it sounds so bad. No, my story's great. No, but I really did love the story. I loved writing it. <laughs> right. I mean, you should, though, because, yeah, because, well, and, you know, years ago I talked to um, Sandy Blair, and and she talked about how if you don't enjoy love, what you're writing, if you don't love what you're writing or laugh about something that's funny that you wrote, your readers won't either. So I always really appreciate it when authors say, I really did love these characters because that's going to come through. Um, And, you know, we're going to love your characters, too. Uh, so I, your book I that's did. coming out, yeah, I bet. Did you base them on anybody that you know or any story you saw? Or, um, you know, how did you kind of come up with this idea? Well, actually, um, when Megan and, and Harry announced that they were pregnant, uh-huh. I started, like, because I was like a whole Harry and Megan you know, I was all in that fever. You're like, I watched the world sure. movies after that, you know, but so, but so when they announced that they were, you know, they were going to have a baby, it just kind of like reignited the whole, you know, like fervor for me. And the idea just came to me, like he's American royalty. She's, you know, not in his world. And they wanted, what would happen if they had to step into, if she had to step into his world, what would she face? Um, yeah. How do they get there happily ever after? And so that's where it came from. And that's why I probably okay. enjoyed writing it so much. Oh, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> we watched the um, we watched the wedding uh, here, and, and well, I did. We watched, yeah, we watched Kate and William, but my girls were were a lot younger, and it wasn't really as exciting for them just because no. they were younger. Yeah, right. I mean, I watched it, and I remember watching their mom get married. Um, I do too. I was. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, stayed up all night because I was afraid if I went to sleep, I'd miss it. Um, Yeah, and watched it. It was yeah. It was of course everybody was. It was it was just it's really cool. It's just one of those. Maybe it's superficial. I don't care. Um, but it's one of those things that you just you watch and you just it's so lovely and loved watching um, the whole thing. It is. It just plays out right it there. Really um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm super, I'm super happy for them. But, um, and I Me hope too. things are going better for them now. Oh, I do um, too. Yeah. That, oh, that can't yeah, be an I, easy I, a, place to be. A transition. Oh, it, it, it just can't be. And I, I was talking to my friend when, when all of this happened and I was telling her, you know, you just look at them and, and, and of course you don't know what's going on in anybody's relationship because you're not there. So you don't know how they are when they're alone. But when you see them, they appear to be so in love and they face so much as far as, you know, the paparazzi and people commenting, especially in this age of like social media, like 
with with right. when Diane got married, there wasn't when Diana got married, there wasn't you know Twitter and Instagram, you know, so mm-hmm. they you know they couldn't just read what people were saying on on a feed, and that's not the same for them. And with the comments and the reactions from from some people and what's been printed about them. I just hope that, you know, they they hold on to each other in it because we all want them mm-hmm. to have the fairy tale. And they seem to be so in love that I just want them, I hope them stepping back and making this transition that, I mean, I can't remember it being ever being done before from somebody mm-hmm. in, in his position. I hope it's worth it. I really do. And I hope they stay together through it because we all want the fairy tale for them. Well, most of us do. <laughs> Well, I think, too, what's interesting, and this isn't taking anything away from Kate, but um, I think what was one of the really empowering things about seeing Megan and Harry's uh, coming together is she was fine without him. Like, she had made her own way. Oh. She had her own money. She had her own place. And her so career, her own voice, yes. Everything. So and so he fell in love with all of that. And yes. When I see that, it, there's no surprises. And I remember reading an article about Kate, and they said she couldn't get a job because she dated William, and then they broke up and everything. And so everybody, you know, whenever she tried to get a job, they all assumed, um, you know, he would show up, or and then she could never get hired anywhere. Um, wow. I think she worked with her for her parents' company, but even then yeah. it was difficult because. Everyone would just assume that's what her job was going to be. So they'd already pigeonholed her. Um, right. So it's it's very wow, different where didn't she didn't that. really get that opportunity. Right. That opportunity wasn't there where Megan came to it from a very different way. And I almost wonder yeah. a lot of the discussion is just people who just didn't do that for themselves. And the jealousy right. is just multi-layered. Right. And she's breaking the mold. And anytime you're yeah. a person who is about change or you're you're not going to stand for the status quo or you're not going to conform, then you're going to receive backlash and you're seen as trying to drag down the patriarchy, patriarchy, you know what I mean? Right. So I – but I I really had a thought of it that way before, that, like what you just said, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. And when I think mm-hmm. of the best heroines, they're the ones who already – have everything that they need already inside them. Even if they're not yet doing it, they're doing it in mm-hmm. some way. They're, they're strong. Right. And, and they're the ones who don't really, who don't need a man to be whole, but they choose to have that man as part of their lives. So, right. you know, for their own happiness. And I, and to me, that's such strength. And, and I totally agree. I love that. I'm going to borrow that and I'm going to steal mm-hmm. that. But I'll give you credit, but I'm going to say that again to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Use it everywhere. Let's empower all these <laughs> ladies. Let's do it. That's right. This is why I love Megan. See, <laughs> this is it. Um, and they actually right even <laughs> when they were doing the, you know, commentating uh, during the wedding, one of the British uh, reporters said, "Well, you know, she's the first self-made woman, self-made millionaire woman coming into this right. family." And <laughs> Which is yeah. fabulous. So, yeah. Like, and there fabulous. you are. Go ahead, Megan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I just want um, to so, more conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what's coming up in May. What What's your release in May? 
Um, my desire, I have a Harlequin Desire releasing in May called Ruth's Pride, and it's the first book in a multi-author continuity called Seven Sins, which, I mean, it's perfect for me because sinning is what I like to do on the page, <laughs> not in real life, just in case my father hears this. I was saying, <laughs> and I really love the idea of it because there's this mystery that flows, that starts in book one and goes all the way to the last book, this paternity secret. And um, I just really enjoyed writing. It was my first one, and okay. I really, really enjoyed writing it because you get to add different characters that are going to have their own books later on. And so that that's mm-hmm. coming out in May. And I'm excited about okay. it. So I hope, fingers crossed, people love it. Yes. And then it's, and it's part of the desire line. And then do you have any other projects coming out this year? I do. I have the, the um, traditional books that I have. I have an, um, another desire that's coming out. Well, two more. One is in the Texas Cattlemen Club, which is like one of the okay. longest running multi-author continuities. And the first book in a new series called – uh, the Billionaires of Boston, and it's about uh, four brothers. Well, they didn't know they were brothers. When the father died, the, the heir found out he had he has three uh, half-brothers, and they have to learn how to work together because the will states that they don't stay together for a year and run the company, then the company will be broken off and sold in pieces. So, okay. um, the first, so the first book in that series is coming out in November. I have a secret project that I'm working on that's coming out I think this summer. And okay. also I'm a member of, I'm a part of uh, V. Keelan and Penelope Ward's um, Cocky Hero Club. It's their okay. own world based off their, their Cocky Hero, Hero series. And I'm writing a book in that world. So I am, okay. it's called Broody Brick. So I am so excited about that because I'm writing my first British hero, and I'm already in love with him. I am. <laughs> and, and I hit up uh, Talia Hilbert, Hibbert, and I was like, can you help me write him to make him sound authentic? And she was like, sure, right. I'd love to. <laughs> right. So it's, it's been fun. Yeah, every um, – you can only watch so much – you can only watch so much Graham Norton to get um, all the little slang Let's talk terms. about Graham Norton. Well, we've got about two no minutes, lie. so we have to talk quickly. Okay. <laughs> okay like Graham Norton can do. I've, yes. I've gone down the Graham Norton rabbit hole all week. <laughs> you can't right? get enough of his videos. He's hilarious. He is so good and is so thorough oh. with, with the stuff that he brings up. It is, it's phenomenal what he finds. Oh, he's wonderful. It's, oh, I love – I never tire of watching him. So if, if you're listening oh. and you don't know who he is, he is a he is a TV host in the UK, and he has all of the actors on the on the like you know Jimmy Fallon he brings them out one at a time, but he has everyone come out at the same time, and he serves them alcohol, and so by the end of the show, people are telling the most outrageous stories. Outrageous stories, and it's fabulous. Like they can never tell. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> And always, oh, it always kills me when they have Miriam on. She was the lady who played Professor Sprout on the Harry she Potter is, series. She's Man, she, hilarious. She has she, her own show. She does. She does. She, she's had a very full, colorful life, let me just say. Colorful. She's, and That's she's, right. I was going to say that. Colorful. 
she is not afraid to talk about it. So I just adore, adore her. Oh, I do. Although too. I would oh feel slightly uncomfortable sitting next to her uh, after all of us drinking, because uh, Lord knows what she would say. <laughs> but it, I wouldn't tell her anything it would be about worth me because it. it might come out. Right, right. <laughs> well, please come back and talk to us again this year about your future projects. I'd really love for you to come back. I would love to. Thank you so okay. much for having me. Absolutely. And if you've been listening, this is Readers Entertainment Radio with Patricia W. Fisher. We've been talking to Naima Simone, the best-selling author, um, and the newest book, Blame It on the Billionaire, is out now. Please go pick it up. And she's got more books coming this year. So keep on reading, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.